tonight, I want to preach a word to you. And the message is, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. And I'm going to ask the keys to stay up here. Just play with me as I preach. I was going to preach to you from the scissor lift tonight, but I figured I'd just stay right here. Since all the cars are right here, I'll preach straight to you. Is this a good spot to, to watch the message from? All right, good. Good. Psalm 23, if you got your Bibles, you could pull them out, pull out your Bible on your phone right there watching from home. Psalm 23, this is one of my favorite, favorite passages in the Bible. And it's a passage that David wrote in the midst of a very discouraging time in his life. In fact, most people believe this was when David was on the run and he was being hunted down. His life was being threatened. He was in the midst of a crisis he was in the midst of adversity. He wasn't sure if he was going to make it tomorrow. He wasn't sure what was going to happen to him. He wasn't sure who was going to chase him down. David had a lot of uncertainty surrounding him, but in the midst of uncertainty is an opportunity. Uncertainty produces either fear or faith. Uncertainty either releases a sense of anxiety or it, when you get squeezed, you find out what's inside of you. When, when someone gets squeezed in the middle of a crisis, adversity, you find out what you're made of. And in this moment, we find out that David, in the midst of his crisis, in the midst of his adversity, when he got squeezed, he released one of the greatest psalms that continues to be read all over the world. Even by non-Christians, people go to this psalm and they find comfort here. And I want to preach it to you. Psalm 23, the Lord, if you want to read it with me, you can read it right in your car. You can read it out loud. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He guides me along the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And yea, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, God. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Yes, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely your goodness and your mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Come on, give a honk tonight if you agree with that scripture. Well, I've been thinking a lot about this passage and just reflecting on what does this passage mean for us right now in 2020? You know, a, a, a scripture can mean so many different things in different seasons of your life. When I was at Oral Roberts University and I was a freshman there, uh, I remember times where I wasn't sure what the future looked like. Uh, my sophomore year, junior year, I remember working as a janitor there and cleaning up in the baseball stadium and wasn't sure if I would have enough money for certain things that I, I really dreamed of being able to do, mission trips I wanted to go on. And there were so many moments where I had to come back to this passage and it meant something different in each season. My senior year at ORU, I remember our university was this close to being closed down. We were $52 million in debt and people had come and basically said, your degree is not going to be worth anything. You're going to have to transfer. There was so much fear and anxiety on our campus. And I remember coming to Psalm 23, sitting on the hill at, at Oral Roberts University on the campus. 
and just asking God, God, what am I supposed to do? How are we going to get through this? During that time, my, my dad stepped in as an interim president for our university. And, and even he, I could just see the anxiety and the stress that he was trying to walk in victory over. And he was a man of faith, but I knew my dad was in a test. He was in a battle. Sometimes we get, we get to choose our battles and sometimes our battles choose us. And when you're in those battles, again, you're being squeezed. You find out what you're really made of. I remember many times seeing my dad, he would just be on his knees in prayer, praying for the university, praying for our family, praying for all the professors and the students and all the alumni, all the parents, not sure what the future looked like. And in the middle of a crisis, God provided a miracle. Can I tell you that oftentimes it's a crisis that's the breeding ground for the most creative miracles that God brings. In the middle of adversity, God says, this is, this is exactly where you can't do it in your own strength. You need a miracle from God. And that's where we're at right now as a nation, as a city, a, a, even as a whole planet right now, our whole world needs a miracle from God. And I wanna tell you that God has not stopped doing miracles. The same God that parted the Red Sea for Moses, the same God that brought down the walls of Jericho for Joshua, the same God that made a way where there seemed to be no way in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, the same God that healed blind eyes, the same God that raised Lazarus from the dead, the same God that delivered David from his enemies, that same God is working today in and through your life, in and through this church, and to create, come on, give God praise tonight. He's still the God of miracles. He's still the God of miracles. Even the fact that we're outside right now having a service while you're sitting in your car and you're listening to KXOJ, big shout out to KXOJ for helping stream this service on FM radio. Thank you, KXOJ. Come on, we love you, KXOJ. But the fact that we're out here being able to sit in our cars and listen to a message, it's a miracle what God's doing. Don't miss the miracle just because it looks different. God's still doing miracles and I believe he's gonna do a miracle in our, in our world. I believe he's gonna do a miracle in our nation, in our city, and I believe it's gonna happen sooner than you think. It's time to get your hopes up. It's time to get your faith up. But in that moment where ORU, it looked like it was going to close, God provided a miracle, and it was amazing how in one week, what looked like everything was gonna be hopeless, the very next week, we're, we're in the middle of a suddenly miracle that's about to happen in our world right now. It was a sudden change. In literally one week, everything shifted. At Christmas time, we went home. They said, take your books. You may not come back to school. Not because we were going to distance learning. It's because we weren't sure if the school was even going to be open again. And in that moment, right around Christmas time, a miracle happened. And the next week, the announcement was made. ORU is opening back up. We got to come back in. It was a financial miracle. All the debt was wiped out in one week. And then here we are today, and they're living their best days yet as a university. Some of you right now, you're in the middle of a need. And I'm telling you right now, in the middle of your need, in the middle of your discouragement, you're going, how is my family going to make it? How am I going to make it? Get your eyes back on the answer. Get your heart fixed back on the truth. The Lord, say it with me, the Lord is my shepherd. Let's talk about that. What is a shepherd? A shepherd is someone who watches over the sheep. The question is, are you one of his sheep? Have you allowed yourself to come under the authority of the shepherd? You can't be led by a shepherd if you refuse to follow where he's leading you. 
How can you have a shepherd if you don't want him to lead you? A shepherd leads the sheep. In order to have a shepherd, you've got to become one of the sheep. Is there any sheep in the parking lot tonight of the pasture of God? Come on. A shepherd not only leads us, a shepherd sometimes has to pull us back from going the wrong direction. A shepherd will use his staff to not just comfort us, but sometimes even correct us, to remind us, you go over here, not over there. You don't wander that way, you come back this way. There's been times in my life, and, and his correction is not harsh. God is not the author of violence, of hurt, of darkness, of uh, death. He's not the author of sin. That's, that's the devil. We know that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's John 10, verse 10. Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life to the fullest. And he said, my sheep know my voice. I am the good shepherd. So this shepherd, when he does correct, it's from a comforting way. There's been times in my life where I was uh, doing the wrong thing and my dad, in a very comforting, correcting way, pulled me back to where I needed to go. In fact, just two weeks ago, my son, he was running outside and, and none of us were out there. And I, I saw him, he ran towards the street and I said, Liam, come back. And he came back and he said, daddy, why'd you shout at me? I said, because I love you. I love you. He said, but why'd you shout? I said, because sometimes you have to shout to pull your kids back to where they need to get to. And it was a shout of love. It was a shout of comfort to say, don't go out there by yourself. Don't run out in the road by yourself. You got to come with me. And he thanked me. He said, thank you, daddy. You saved me. Thank you. That's how the shepherd leads us as he watches out for us. He says, come this way. He's guiding us. He's directing us. He's ushering us. He's tending his sheep. But then David says, because the Lord is my shepherd, I have no lack. I shall not want. Now, David, in this moment, had learned what it meant to have nothing and to have everything. And in this moment, he had nothing, but he knew if he had God, he had everything he needed. If you have God, you have what you need. If the Lord is your shepherd, you lack nothing. If God, come on, if you believe it, God has provided for you. He continues to provide for you. If the Lord is your shepherd, then you're protected. You're provided for. When the Lord is your shepherd, he gives you the security that you need. He's greater than the government. He's greater than the president. He's greater than any leader that you've had. He's your provider. When the Lord is your shepherd, you can rest at peace at night. When the Lord is your shepherd, you don't have to live in constant worry and anxiety. You know, he is my shepherd. I lack nothing. I have security. I have peace. God's going to get me through this. God's going to lead me on the other side of this. I'm going to make it. Just say that with me in your car or at your house. I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. Paul said it like this in Philippians 4, verse 11. I've learned the secret to be happy, to be content, no matter what the circumstances are. I've learned the secret. Whether my favorite restaurant is open or closed, I've learned the secret. Whether we have a church inside a building or out in a parking lot or watching online, I've learned the secret to not get hung up with anxiety and anger and stress just because circumstances aren't going my way. Paul was saying, I've figured it out. 
I don't have to have it the way that I always want it. As long as I have my shepherd, I'm good. As long as the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. I've learned the secret to be content, whether I'm well-fed or whether I'm hungry, whether I'm eating at my favorite restaurant or I'm, I'm eating some ramen noodles. No matter what I got, if I got tuna fish, whatever, I, God's going to provide for me. God's going to get me through this. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. Paul goes on to say in Philippians 4, he says, here's why. Because through Christ, I can do all things. Through Christ, I can persevere through anything. Through Christ. And then he goes on to say in the same chapter, Philippians 4, he says, the Lord provides. My God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. So right now, you might feel like you're down to nothing, but if you got the good shepherd, you got everything you need. He's going to take care of you. He's going to provide for you. And then David goes on to say this. He says, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. Now, sometimes we don't want to lie down in green pastures and we have to be made to stay in our home or to stay and not be able to do what we love to do. And there's been times in my life where I, I don't want to be made to lie down in green pastures, but God says, no, Paul, you need to rest right now. You've been going, 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 and you just need to rest. You need to rest that I've got it. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to lead you. There was a couple years ago where my wife, she came to me and she said, Paul, you have been preaching every service. You've been doing all these things, everything. She said, you need to take a rest. I said, no, 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 I don't need to take a rest. I'm a young man. I can do this. I'm 30 years old. I can do this. She said, Paul, remember what your dad told you right before he passed, that you need to take time to rest. You need to take time to refresh yourself, be refilled and refueled. I think this is happening for a lot of people right now that God is allowing us to get refueled because he's got something greater on the other side of this. I believe, come on, if you believe it, he's gonna use... And I know, I, know, I know not all of us like it. Not all of us like it because we go, I don't want to be told what to do. I don't want to have to stay home. But God says, I'm going to allow you in this moment to discover that I'm still your shepherd. I'm going to allow you in this moment to discover that you're going to get rest, refreshing, refilled, refueled while you're at your house, while you're work, working from home, where, whatever you're doing. I believe that God's going to strengthen. He's going to strengthen his church because he needs a church that's strong in this hour. And so while you're at home, just take that time. God says, I will make you to lie down in green pastures. Green pastures. That's a safe place. That's a lush place. That's a sweet place. Here we are, it's springtime in Oklahoma, and we can see the grass is turning green across the fields here. The trees are blooming. The flowers are blooming. God says, I'm going to make you lie down, not in a winter season, but in a lush green pasture season right here, right now. And then it says, he leads me beside still waters. That means he leads me in times of refreshing. He leads me in a peaceful manner. This is not a physical place. This is a spiritual place. God's going to lead your spirit into still waters. He's going to calm the stormy seas. I remember hearing this story about this art teacher who did a competition. And she said, I want you to draw for me the most peaceful picture you can draw. And we'll decide who wins the competition. Everybody entered in their most peaceful picture they could draw. But the picture that ended up winning was a picture of a massive storm. And it was kind of strange. Everybody said, why did this picture win? It was a big storm and 
waves up in the air, lightning striking, rain coming down, a ship that looked like it was going to capsize into the water. But right there behind that ship was a cliff. And in that cliff was a little cleft, a little hole with a, a mother bird that was sheltering her baby birds. And the teacher said, the reason why this art picture won the competition is because peace is not the absence of a storm. Peace is shelter in the middle of a storm. Peace is not having everything go your way. Peace is figuring out even when life is crazy and chaotic, there is a shelter, there's a hiding place, there's a refuge. Come on, give him praise tonight. God, we thank you that you lead us beside still waters. He says that the Lord restores my soul. He restores my soul. In order to have your soul restored, it means your soul is in a rough place. To get the restoration, it means you need to know things aren't right. I believe this is a season right now that God is restoring marriages. He's restoring fathers. He's restoring sons and daughters. He's restoring relationships that have been shaky. He's restoring souls that have been tormented. And even right now, as you're watching online, if you've just felt torment in your soul, if you felt anxiety, if you've just felt depression or hopelessness, I believe that Psalm 23 is true for you, that he restores your soul. He restores the inner you. You know, our world is so fixed on the outside, the makeup we put on, the clothes that we wear, fixed on everything that people can see on the outside, but God cares more about your inside than your outside. He cares about healing your soul because a healed soul is the greatest gift you can give to your family. A restored soul is the greatest gift you can give to the world is a healthy you on the inside, a you that knows who you are in Christ, a firm identity. David said, he restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness. What does this mean? It means he's going to lead me down the path he wants me to go down. He's gonna lead me down good paths. He's gonna lead me down the right path. Sometimes when I'm being led down the right path, there's doors I wanna go through that God says, I'm gonna close that door. The same God that opens doors also closes doors. And I thank God for the closed doors as much as I thank God for the open doors. Because every closed door is a reminder that he's leading me down the path that he wants to lead me. And when he's your shepherd, you could trust that he's leading you in the right direction. It says, I, he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. What is he saying here? It's not for my name's sake. It's not for victory's name's sake. It's not for your last name's sake. It's for the Lord's name's sake. This is all for the glory of God. It's all from him and through him and to him. Come on, if you, if you want to give glory to God right now, go ahead and give a honk. For his name's sake. For his name's sake. For his name's sake. We want to bring glory to God in whatever we do. And then he says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I love that David says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. He's saying that there are times where I feel like death is right in front of me. It's behind me. It's beside me. It's all around me. But in the midst of that deathly valley. David says, I'm not staying in this place. I'm, I'm just going through it. This will pass. This is coming to pass. This is not coming to stay. This is not a, a permanent season. Don't make a permanent decision during a temporary valley. 
Don't make a permanent decision for your marriage, for your family. Don't end your life just because you're going through a temporary battle. This this will pass, but God's word stands firm. You're gonna get through this. You need to remind yourself tonight, I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna get through this. Don't make a permanent decision during a temporary valley. It's just temporary. This is not gonna last forever. This virus is coming to an end. This is not a permanent virus that's gonna wipe out the whole planet. We're gonna get through this. You're gonna get through this. You're gonna make it in Jesus' name. And I believe that God's gonna give you some new tools while you're in the valley. God teaches us new things when we go through things we've never been through. How many of you are learning some stuff right now? Just raise your hand if you're learning some stuff. Yeah, or maybe even relearning the basics. We're kind of going back to the basics. We're, we're reminding ourselves what it's all about. I think God's teaching us some stuff in the middle of this valley. And then David says, even when I'm in that valley, I will fear no evil. We've been putting on our marquee sign over there, choose faith over fear. Because right now what the enemy wants to do is he wants to spread a, an even stronger virus than COVID-19. He wants to spread a virus of fear. And a virus of fear is even more contagious than the actual virus itself, a virus of panic and and anxiety. And, And when you're in fear, you start living with really not wisdom. You start making decisions that don't even make sense. Then you start emptying, you know, taking everything from a store and not really living with any wisdom or faith. We've got to choose faith over fear because right now what we're doing is going to be talked about in history books for years to come. Our kids and our grandkids are going to talk about how we walked through the crisis, how we handled the virus. And I believe it's a time for the church to shine bright, that we're going to walk in compassion. We're going to walk in faith over fear. We're going to walk in love over divisiveness. We're going to lift up the name of Jesus. Come on. David said, Though I walk through the valley, I'm not staying in the valley. And I'm not going to let the valley change my theology. I'm not going to let the crisis change my faith. I'm not going to let fear ruin my life. He said, I will fear no evil because you are with me. And I want to tell you tonight, God is with you. He is an ever-present help in time of need. He's with you in your car. He's with you in your apartment. He's with you in your dorm room. He's with you in your house. He's with you in the back of the truck. He's with you right now in the Jeep. He's with you. He's with you. He's He's always, he's Emmanuel, God with us. There's no other religion in the world that has a God who left heaven to come down to earth and to be present with us. Even when Jesus returned to heaven, he said, I am leaving you with a comforter, a counselor. The Holy Spirit is with you tonight. And I want to tell anyone who's here right now before you leave that we want to help you, whoever we can. I know some of you, you brought groceries to give to those that are in need. We're going to dismiss in just a little bit. But if you're here tonight and you are in desperate need, not sure how you're going to make it with food, Uh, Just text the number 28950, if you have a phone, 28950, and just type in the words, food help, food help. And that's for anyone who's just in desperate need. If you're not in desperate need, then then allow us to continue serving the people that are, because there are people who who are in desperate need. But that's just a little reminder to say that God is with you. God sees you. He hears what you're going through, and he's got provision for you. He's going to do it just like he did it for David. He did it for Elijah. When Elijah wasn't sure how he he was going to make it, God sent the ravens. Then when the ravens weren't coming, God gave him a brook. Then God gave him a widow. God found ways to get get it to him. 
So David said, you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Then I love what he says next. He says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Come on, God is gonna make you shine in the midst of disaster. God is going to set a table before you in the presence of those who said you weren't gonna make it. You're gonna make it. Thank you, Jesus. David said, you anoint my head with oil. Our God is so good that he doesn't just provide for us, he anoints us. He anoints us with joy. He anoints us with an oil of his gladness, an oil of his presence. I love the message version. It says, you revive my sinking head. You revive my drooping head. When my head is falling down, you anoint me with oil. You lift me up with gladness. You change the countenance on my face. You change the way that I came in. You're gonna leave this parking lot different than how you drove in. You're gonna leave with joy tonight. You're gonna leave with more faith tonight, more peace tonight. Then David says, my cup runs over. In other words, it's more than enough. It's not just for me, it's for me to share it with the other people around me. It's for me to be a blessing to the people around me. God has blessed you to be a blessing. The blessing of God is not just meant for you and your family, it's meant to flow through your house. It's meant to flow through your hands. It's meant to flow through your family to people around you. And I love the last part, David said, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Now, I want you to just see this for a moment. Sam and Dom, will you come and stand, stand behind me? Six feet, six feet behind me. And I want you to just follow me. Because David said, everywhere I go, yeah, just follow. Everywhere I go, goodness is, mercy is, it's right behind me. No matter where I go, it comes with me. So if I'm going through the valley, it's right there. If I'm on the mountaintop, his goodness and his mercy, it never stops following me. Everywhere, I, right now in the middle of a crisis, in the middle of a virus, guess who's following you? Guess who's right behind you? Guess, who's, guess who just won't stop chasing you down? His goodness and his mercy, it just keeps on following me. It doesn't matter what I'm walking through, his goodness and his mercy, it just keeps on following me. It's like, God's saying, I got you, Paul. I'm with you. Even when you're not sure of what tomorrow holds, my goodness is gonna wake up tomorrow with you. My mercy is new every morning. It's right behind you. God says he's going before you and behind you. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be discouraged. Can I tell you the safest place you can be? You want a safe, you want a safe place? We keep hearing all of this stuff, safe at home, safe at home. How about safe in his presence? Safe in the presence of the Lord. Safe in his presence. Safe, shelter in his presence. Shelter in his presence. Shelter with the shepherd. Shelter with his mercy. Sheltered by his love. You are in the safest place when you are in the presence of God. He's a shelter, he's a refuge, he's a strong tower. And then he says this, David ends the verse with this, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What was David saying? He's saying, I am choosing not to leave your presence, God. I am choosing to take your presence home with me. I'm choosing to stay in a place in mental, emotional, spiritual health to say that the Lord is always with me. He's my shepherd. I wanna pray for you. My mom's here. I want her to pray for you too. 
I'm so grateful for Pastor Sharon Doherty, my mom, co-founding pastor of Victory. Mom, you wanna pray over them tonight? Yes, absolutely. Father, I pray right now for each one here that's watching and those that are watching by the internet. I pray, Holy Spirit, you said that you destroy the yokes, you lift burdens. So I pray, let your anointing come and flow to each one, destroying the yokes of Satan's oppression and lifting the burden off of their lives tonight, that they sense your presence, Holy Spirit, surrounding them like a shield. And Lord, we remember in your word where you said of Abraham that Abraham staggered not at the promises of God with unbelief, but was fully persuaded that what you promised, you are faithful also to perform. So he gave glory to you, Lord. So right now we give you glory and Lord, we magnify you that you are not, you have not changed, that you are the same yesterday, today and forever. And you said you are here in our midst. And Lord, we put our faith in you, in our minds. We, we imagine, we use our imagination. We see you, Lord, on the throne in our lives. And I pray right now, just minister your peace, minister your healing, Lord, minister your power, breaking through, working supernaturally, favor, miraculous provisions, Lord, turning situations right now that need to be turned. We pray for your supernatural intervention uh, for miracles right now in every life, Lord, in relationships, as well as in finances, Lord, in jobs and in health. I pray right now, Lord, a supernatural change tonight, breakthroughs happening in the lives of each one, Lord. I pray this in Jesus' name. And we look to you, Lord, our eyes are on you and on your promises that you are still the same, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank Come you, on, Jesus. Jesus. Come on. We're going to worship right now. We're going to sing a song. I've seen you move the mountains, and I know you can do it again, God. Right there in your car, in your home, just lift your hands. Let's just begin to worship.
promise still stands. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. Your faithfulness. Still in your hands, God. I'm still in your hands. Still have me, Lord. This is my confidence. You never you would just right there in your car close your eyes and if you're here tonight and you're getting things right with God I want you to just raise your hand just lift it out of your car if you're saying man tonight I really needed to surrender some things to God I really needed to get some things right with God tonight just all over this parking lot if that's you just raise your hand out of your car tonight I just want to know who I'm talking with tonight that you know there's some things you needed to surrender to God yeah 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 Secondly, I want to just see tonight, if you're here, and you're, you're in need for prayer. You need prayer just for healing in your life. Maybe you need prayer for a miracle in your life. If that's you, just lift your hand out of your car tonight. And I'm going to, no one's going to touch your hand. Don't worry. No one's going to come by and, and, and hold your hand. But I want to pray for you. And I'm going to have some of our parking lot members. They're just going to come right in front of your car. They're just going to pray for you. And again, you're just saying, man, I need prayer. I need a miracle. I need healing, I need health, I need strength. As our team members are spreading out, we're just gonna pray right now all over this parking lot online. Go ahead and just raise your hand. Click on that hand right there, or if you're watching on YouTube or you're watching on Facebook, Instagram, just say, man, I need prayer. I need a miracle, I need healing. Let us know right there on the chat. We wanna pray for you live right now. Our pastors are ready to pray for you. Lord, I just pray for every hand that's raised in this parking lot. You know exactly what they need. So God, I just pray for healing, I pray for healing in their bodies, healing in their minds. I pray for healing in marriages, healing in homes. I pray, God, for miracles in their finances, for the small business owners. We pray for miracles, God. I thank you, Lord Jesus, you're providing for them. For those who lost a job this week, you're providing for them. I pray for a miracle of provision, God. Right now, those who've been reduced in hours, trying to figure out how am I gonna afford things this, this next week, this next month. I thank you, God, that you're a miracle-working God. Tonight, we come in agreement with every hand lifted up in this parking lot. Lord, that you would do a miracle in their life, whether it's in their body or whether it's in their finances or whether it's in a relationship right now, whether it's just dealing with fear and anxiety. God, I pray, Lord, just for your healing to flow right now all over this parking lot. God, you're the healer. You're an awesome God. You're a faithful God. And you've never failed us and you never will. You never have and you never will. Tonight, as we get ready to close out, I want to end out on a song. It's a song we've sang before. You are good. You are good. And you're never going to let me down. And so tonight, we're going we're gonna to sing that song right here at the end. And we're going to close out after that. Yeah. You are good. You're good. Oh, you are good. You're good. You're good. You're faithful. Oh, 